The title of this message is Feast of Brothers. The grain ran out. There was a famine, as we have read earlier, or in the previous sermons, there was a famine. The sons of Jacob, or the sons of Israel, went to Egypt to buy food. But then they met Joseph, and they did not recognize Joseph. And Joseph said, do you have another brother? And they said they did, and they were asked to bring him if you are not spies. So Joseph held Simeon captive, captive, so that they would return with Benjamin. And Jacob would not bring Benjamin to Joseph until such time that the grain ran out. Israel held on as long as he could, but now they must face reality. There was still famine in the land, and grain could only be bought in Egypt. Israel had to agree, through much pleading from his sons, to send the youngest with the brothers so that they could buy Grain. Remember, Benjamin is the youngest son and son of his beloved Rachel. Joseph, now the second most powerful man in Egypt, yet in power equal to Pharaoh, in status second to Pharaoh, demanded that they bring the youngest or Benjamin because Benjamin was Joseph's full brother. And the last time when he met them, he remembered the dream. He remembered the dream that his brothers would bow down to him, the very brothers who sold him as a slave. But first, they wanted to kill him. Of course, any one of us would feel hurt by it. Yet Joseph restrained himself that instead of killing them, instead of choosing revenge, he chose mercy, grace, and kindness. And last week, we asked ourselves, if we had the power to avenge our offense, would we take it? Will we take it if we had the power? Joseph had the power, but instead he chose mercy. In fact, he even practiced charity by returning the amount they paid for the grain. Joseph knew that God planned it all. The ups and downs in his life was planned by God for a purpose. And that was to save the world from the famine to come. But not only that, but to bring Israel from Canaan to be in Egypt for a time, 400 years. So that the Hebrews, the Israelites would grow as a nation. Take note that God's plan was... When he called Abraham and his son Isaac and Jacob, that they would grow a nation. God would grow a nation, a powerful nation. Reveal himself to that nation so that one day Messiah would be born through that nation. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And the Abrahamic pro promise and mandate that you shall be blessed and you shall be a blessing to all the families of the earth, would be fulfilled through Christ when he said, go and make disciples of all ethne, meaning all families, of all ethne, 
around the world, fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant that this race would be a blessing to all the peoples of the earth. That was, that's the macro story. We are now in the micro stories. Before Israel would become a nation, a powerful nation, they were a clan, a tribe, a family. Genesis is the story of the origins. But it is also a story of the problem and the beginning of the solution. Genesis is also the story of Abraham and his descendants. Up to Jacob and his sons. Israel had to agree. Israel or Jacob instructed the brothers to present gifts from their land to the man in charge of Egypt. The gifts would include the best of their land. Balm, honey, aromatic gum, myrrh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. He also instructed them to bring double the payment for the money found in their sacks might have been a mistake. Of course, if you find your money back to you, you could either celebrate, oh, they made a mistake, or be afraid we're in trouble when we return. It could have been a mistake, so bring double the money. Let's go back to Joseph again. God allowed Joseph to experience being betrayed and severed from his loved ones. The purpose, again, was to save the known world at that time, especially the tribe of Israel. Can you say, God is a God of purpose? purpose. Say this with me. God God has a purpose for my life. life. Say this with me or after me. God is a God of plan. God plan. God has a plan for my life. Why do we study scripture? We study scripture that we may know more the God we serve. And by observing this text, Genesis, and especially the story of Joseph, we clearly understand that God has a plan. Sometimes we can't understand it because our lives have their ups and downs. Sometimes it feels good to see God's plan when we are on the upside, when we are happy with things. When everything is going on the way that we wish it would go, we are happy. We are delighted. And when somebody says to you, how are you? Praise God, I feel great. But when we're on the down cycle, it doesn't feel like God's plan is happening. As if, God, have you forgotten me? When somebody asks you, how are you, you want to evade the question. Some, some of us would rather lie, I'm okay. Or for Filipinos, that's very ethical. How are you, okay. So that's why when I say, when you say okay, okay, good, or okay, bad. I have to ask them for further definition. As a pastor, I have to ask more. Because sometimes the okay is just to be cordial, to be, uh, to be courteous. Then when I look at some of your faces, when you say, I'm okay, I have to ask a question, are you sure? (laughs) Because you don't look okay. How are you? Are you okay? Sometimes life is a mix of emotions, right? 
So sometimes it's just good to say, I trust in the Lord. God has a plan for everything. Whatever I'm going through, whether it's an up or a down, I know God will fulfill His purpose in my life. What we have to watch, though, is this. When we are on the up cycle, we feel like we did everything right. Friends, you're in up cycle because it's just time to be on the up cycle. When everything seems to be going well, it's not always because you are so amazing as a person. I would say it is because of the grace of God. Always. I have observed my uh, times when I feel I was up there, yet through honest reflection, I felt I did not deserve the rewards. There were many times I knew I made a serious mistake. And even at times when I wasn't that careful in obeying God, yet God still blessed me. And I would say I am blessed not because of the amazing me, but because of the grace of God. And I have to remind myself when I'm in the down cycle, not to fully blame myself. Because sometimes it's just a test or a trial that God wants us to go through. It's a good thing I've read the book of Job. Where Job committed no sin, but everybody thought he sinned. That's why he's being punished by God. But he committed no sin. He trusted God. It was just a test. So when we are down there, what we need is to say, God, give me wisdom how to handle this. How do, do I make the most of this opportunity? No matter how small or how big, there is a purpose. There are times we did something wrong, God disciplines us. There are times we did nothing wrong, yet we are on the down cycle. Why are you on the down cycle? Because you have to go through it. God shapes our characters when we are in the up and in the down. In the down, we learn humility. When on the up, we practice the humility. It's not hard to be humble if you're down there, right? When you've lost everything, when you have failed, it's not hard to be humble because you're already humiliated. But when you're up there, it's a time to practice it. That even in the midst of amazing things happening, we trust in God. When Joseph met his brothers, he knew how to handle his character. He had the power of life and death in his hand, yet he chose to bless them. When we meet our enemies, and somehow maybe we will, former enemies in college or high school, or enemies in the family. Oh, yes, in bigger families there are enemies happen. Oh, well, it's not really enemies like enemies who want to kill each other. There is a term for that in social media, frenemy. <laughs> They're very, they look like friends, but deep in their hearts, they are enemies. They have to compete against each other. Joseph had to go through a process because God had a purpose. We must trust in God's process in our lives. We must trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. In all, in everything, we just have to trust the Lord. Avoid complaining, by the way, when you are down there. Just trust the Lord. Amen. When you're up there, please do not brag. Whenever, how did you do it? 
you say, by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Can you say it with me? By the grace of God. Amazing, brother, amazing sister. <laughs> That's nothing. <laughs> False humility. But it is tempting when people praise us, especially if we have amazing talents. The only way is not to, not to show false humility. If it was really good, it was really good. But the question is, who does the praise go to? So we deflect the honor. Honor given to us, we deflect it up there by the grace of God. Or we say, glory to God. God would reunite Joseph with his family. They would be reunited. After 13 years, when I study scripture, I try to embody at least mind and emotion. What did he go through? How would I feel? The kind of stress, the kind of emotion. I try to understand what they went through. And then I try to understand God's viewpoint, which is revealed in Scripture, on why things happen. Not all the whys will be answered on earth. There are some whys that I can only have the answer when I meet God one day. But yet there are some that is stated in Scripture. It shows why. But sometimes, repeating the why and being depressed gets us nowhere. It gets you nowhere. Why? 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 Lord, I ask you why. If, you're, you, if you think it's not time for me to know, I shall be patient. I shall trust you. One day you will reveal it to me, but for now, I just trust you. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? There are times I just have to say, I trust you, Lord. Joseph somehow had a glimpse that his brothers would bow down to him. Had a glimpse when he was 17. But I believe he never imagined that he would be the most powerful man in Egypt. In short, in the world, because Egypt was the most powerful country during that time, next to Pharaoh. The most powerful man next to Pharaoh. Thus, I could say that God can bring us to heights that we could never imagine if we just trust Him with His plan. Going back to the story, Jacob reluctantly agrees to send Benjamin. In the last chapter, it was Reuben uh, who said, please, let, let us go back and show him Benjamin. And he said, no. But when the grain ran out and the famine was still there, he had to agree. Judah stepped in and said, let me be responsible for this. Because if they would not buy grain, the tribe would suffer. And they will die. So the brothers went to bring gifts and presented them to Joseph and they bowed down in homage. They bowed down. Perhaps Joseph could never get tired. They keep bowing down, right? 
oh, after you, I've been through to you because of you guys, <laughs> they bow down. You see, it is God who vindicates us at the right time. I'll say that again. It is God who will vindicate us at the right time. Especially at the times when we were accused and we did nothing wrong. Our conscience is clear. Yet, there are people who gossiped about you and spread the lies. Best thing to do is to trust God. Be quiet. You cannot chase a gossip. It spreads very fast. Rather, trust God. Because at the right time, it is God who vindicates. I remember a story that my former landlord shared to me when I was in UP Los Banos. We were renting this apartment for us. It's a ministry center. It's a big apartment. And uh, from time to time, I had a talk with the landlord. And he wanted me to connect him to the governor at that time which I function as a spiritual advisor. And he said, give me five minutes with him. Then he tells a story, and we had, he had many stories to tell. And he was sharing to me a lesson in life that he learned. To be nice to people. Remember, we've been discussing what you sow, you reap. When Jacob sowed deception, he reaped deception. A lot of deception. But when you sow goodness, goodwill, God will allow you to reap a lot of goodwill one day. So he shared to me and said, you know, when I was much younger, I was a bully. And in college, there was this guy whom we bullied. And you know what I did? I took a mug of beer and poured it on his head. After many years, there was this job in a certain organization he really wanted to, to have. So he applied. And then the interviewer came, and lo and behold, the very guy he bullied was about to interview him. Of course, he didn't get the job. I remember a story that's similar that my father shared to me, but it, it was a different story. So there was this person in, in our locality who goes to the radio and lambasts him a lot. Politics, right? And then he was appointed as postmaster general. This was in the 90s, long ago. Postmaster general of the, of the law. He created the law when he was in Congress creating the Philippine Postal Corporation, and he became the CEO of that corporation. He was appointed by the president, since his president said, you know the law, you know how it, it was made, why don't you continue it? So when he was looking for employees and top executives, this guy tried to apply. But what he did was different. He gave him a job. So I ask him, he attacked you on media. Why are you giving this person a job? So I can scold him every day. <laughs> then I said, you are wise. <laughs> I would never have thought about that. <laughs> I remember that 
I can do kindness and get even with him. I feel Joseph was showing kindness, but at the same time, allowing them to bow down, you know. Allowing them to say, ah, you are spies. I will bring you to the dungeon. I will hostage one of you until you bring the youngest son, the youngest brother back. But it was still more on kindness. But when I was reading this, I could still see the humanity of Joseph. You understand? This guy's not perfect. Nobody is. And sometimes I look for clues of the weakness of the humanity. Yet, and overall, he was showing grace and kindness. There was a, he saw his brother and he was deeply moved. How tough the job to be a boss, right? You're so emotional and yet you have to show that you are prime minister. But he wanted to cry. And Joseph released Simeon, the hostage. Oh, did we answer why Simeon? I had a guess, right? Because Simeon was a violent person. He and Levi killed one whole tribe. So perhaps Joseph was protecting, concerned about the younger brother. I mean, these, these guys wanted to kill me. And they sold me. And perhaps he was concerned about what's Benjamin going through. So maybe, Simeon, you stay here. You're hostage. Perhaps it's to protect the brother. I know your history, so you stay here, all right? <laughs> then there was a feast. Joseph had his own table. The Egyptians had their own table. And the brothers, the Hebrews, the, word meaning, the Hebrew word meaning the one who crossed the Nile. But since they're the biggest group, they were known as the Hebrews. They were served differently. Why the Egyptians don't want to eat with the Hebrews? They were, the Egyptians believed they were cultured and well-mannered, while the rest of the world was not. They had separate tables, and they were arranged. The brothers were arranged according to their age. And uh, I think Joseph was giving them either a hint... I know who you are. Or another hint, I practice divination. He doesn't practice divination. But it's just to put them on their backs, you know, on their toes, I mean. Then he gave five times more to Benjamin. Again, the Bible did not state why. Well, I can understand, humanly speaking, because he's my brother, my real brother. I'll give him more. But there is another perspective. Perhaps it's a test. Because when he was a favorite of his father, he was sold as a slave. To see how the brothers would react. Would they react in anger and jealousy or not? That's why in church community, we really have to teach against envy and jealousy. We really have to because we as brothers and sisters must learn to be happy for each one if each one is being blessed. And we should feel for each one if one of us are down, is down. So it was probably a test to see if the others would react. How come he's got five and we've only got one? Do you, do you feel that way in the office, in school, in the family? 
my advice even to parents is all your sons and daughters should be your favorite. There's no one single favorite. Everyone is. Each one can be treated differently because of their personalities. You cannot raise one child and apply that template to every child. Raising children isn't franchising, that you follow an operations manual. No, it's not. You try to understand each one's inclination and deal with them accordingly. For some, it works to be tough. You're a man. You should be like this, all right? For others, it should be more soft and encouraging, but usually a combination of both. But perhaps Joseph was giving clues of who he was. I mean, you can't recognize me? It's probably all this Egyptian makeup, huh? And maybe it's the uniform. Um, but maybe he was giving clues already. Perhaps he was waiting for somebody. <gasps> it's Joseph! But that never came. In application, well... There are many applications here, but let me cite a few because December is coming. And uh, in Filipino culture, it's usually a reunion. We meet relatives and friends. Reunions with friends and relatives may deeply move us in the gracious way or in an arrogant way. By grace, we may choose to be gracious. Can you imagine going back to high school, high school reunion, and some people never changed, right? The bully still thinks he's a bully, but he's now smaller than us, right? So it's, it's, I said, dude, it's all in your mind. You know, free your mind, man. If we go on square right now, you'd be beaten by half the class. You're no longer a bully. You cannot be a bully anymore. We can be gracious, respectful. If we have to rebuke and explain, do it nicely. Reunions may also be awkward. However, we must compose ourselves and exhibit the best behavior. Let us remember that we represent Christ. And when you have become successful and reunions happen, remember Joseph who responded with grace. You may have the power to ridicule others because of your newfound success. You may have the opportunity to brag because of, of what you've accomplished. But rather, let us remember, we can learn from every life, no matter how good that life is or how bad that life is. There is a gem of wisdom that we might pick up. So it's good to listen more than to talk. Be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Minimize the amount of words we say in these reunions and find the best time to share at the right moment. You see, God is preparing a feast to all the sinners who repented of their sins. Yes, there is a feast. And it's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Where the bride of Christ, meaning people, collectively who came to him, would share in that feast. These are those who approach him in faith for the saving of the soul. 
there's a feast that will happen one day in heaven. Oh, it's not difficult to convince you to go to a feast, right? Oh, yes, you love feasts. We love feasts. Uh, this nation is full of fiestas, like Mexico. Fiestas here and there. Finding a way, finding, always finding a reason to bring food and celebrate. When there's something to celebrate, we share food. When somebody is blessed, he invites people, I'll treat you out. We love feasts. In fact, when there is food, more people come to the growth group, right? Compared to when there's no food. <laughs> we love feasts. But one day there will be a feast in heaven. The question is, will you be part of it or not? The question is whether you committed your life to Jesus or not. And that commitment begins with repentance and faith. You repent of your sins. We repent of our sins. Forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. I turn away from my sins. And I entrust my life to you. That is faith. I entrust myself to you. I now submit to your word. Faith without obedience is dead. It begins there. A commitment. A commitment to follow. A commitment to grow. Then one day there shall be a feast. You know the problem with feasts sometimes? We miss people. We're happy with people are there, but we're sad when some are not, right? That's why I remember, I think, like a, a, a friend of mine here recently had her birthday, but I was in Manila doing work, and when I came here, she said, you were absent. And that's how we feel when we invite people to a feast. We want everybody to be there. But if one is not there, somehow there's that part of us that say, Ah, oh, too bad. I wish you were here. It's much like the family. When the whole family is, when we say whole during Christmas time, all the brothers and sisters are there in the, in the ancestral home, and uh, we're complete. There's some, such a happiness when there's completion. Yet when somebody's missing, somehow we, we miss him. Hey, friends, let us make sure all of us will be in the feast of Jesus Christ. I, we won't say, hey, did you see this guy? Oh, no, he didn't make it. He's in hell right now. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> if your repentance and faith is true and genuine, I believe it remains. Okay? You are not to just lose it like you lose your phone. No, but if it is not genuine, you will not be there. Let us all rise and let us pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for the life of Joseph. We thank you for this situation where we could learn. We could learn who you are. We could learn about this reunion where Joseph chose mercy and grace instead of revenge. Teach us, Lord, to show mercy. Teach us to be gracious in reunions. Remind us that we represent Christ, whoever we meet. And yet, Lord, we also pray. We pray. I pray for everybody here. May our commitment to you be genuine. May us saying to you as Lord and Savior be founded in genuine repentance and faith. A truth in us that says we belong to Jesus. And Jesus belongs to us. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, for everyone here who has not made that commitment to follow you all the way, I pray this morning we would make that commitment today and always to belong to Jesus Christ and to submit to his word. Father, we honor you. We thank you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.